listeners, we have a treat today. We're talking to Grania Trainer, who is a long-time friend. Uh, I wasn't going to say old friend, Grania. <laughs> it's a long-time <laughs> friend. <laughs> yeah, well, we go back quite a ways. Um, we sure but, do. Yeah, but you've been in, in so many different places, but I think the inspiration of having you on is because you just opened um, your restaurant, G's, uh, and and we just went there. But I wanted to start by giving our listeners a, a little bit of idea of your background. I think they'll pick up on the brogue right away. Um, uh-huh. You were born and raised in where in Ireland? Uh, Northern Ireland, Murray, County Down, County Armagh region in Northern Ireland, uh, about, uh-huh. uh, about 35 miles south of Belfast, about 80 miles north of Dublin on the east coast. Right. Well, you know, I mean, we spent years not going to Ireland. I mean, the, the food scene there did not have a great reputation, and all of a sudden it burst forth, and, and we started going regularly covering um, the, well, all kinds of things, like Ballymaloo, the cooking school, and we did mm-hmm. all the, the restaurants in Belfast, I mean, not in Belfast, in Dublin, and, and then we covered the um, food on the edge in uh, Galway for years before the pandemic hit. And just the, the name of that, food on the edge, gives you some idea. But you would have been there, uh, it, it, well, when you were there, it would not have been the biggest, most sophisticated food scene, but you still would have all those great ingredients, which is like a hallmark of um, Irish cooking. Um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, well, yeah, what? no, it certainly, it certainly is. It, it, you know, I grew up in a sort of a prov- provincial neighborhood. Like I, I grew up in a small village outside a, a really huge town, it was like eight miles away where I went to high school and so on. But all the local, it, truly, we had it golden then and we didn't know it. You know, I'd go up to my friend's farm and, you want some Brussels sprouts? Go ahead, help yourself. And we were little <laughs> kids. We, we were little kids, you know, the neighbor farmer convery would get all the neighborhood kids up to pick the fresh potatoes and, and you know we'd get whatever 50 pence a bag or whatever it was but we had nothing but fresh 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 you know fresh cabbage and carrots and parsnips and leeks and um turnips and you know all that type of stuff so i and as you know to this day i still make those dishes at my well some of them show up on the menu uh, periodically depending what season we're in but I still have that. To me, that's comfort food because I was raised with it. You know, dinner in our house, it wasn't always lots of, you know, high-end protein, but there was always, always two vegetables. So, and um, yeah, to yeah, this day, I'm, I'm, yeah me also, too. I love it. There also is great seafood in, in oh, Ireland in both, on both the left-hand side and the right-hand side. Yes, yeah. yes, tremendous. Yeah, grew up with, you know, you know salmon was great, but we had... We would have turbo, Dover sole, sea bream, brill, tons of fresh mussels. You know, just, just, it was just, it was lovely, you know. And it's funny, as, as tiny of, as an, an island, rather, that Ireland is, there's certain towns and certain, like, Northwest is known for this and Southwest is known for that. So, and it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, obviously cold water fish, but, uh, oh, yeah, it was, it's just great, you know, there's, well, a, there's yeah, a song yeah. when the, the when way the boats I, come in, we, we, would, we would like literally right go, <laughs> get the, we were right there waiting for him. So. 
Well, I mean, I, I love covering stuff in Ireland, not just for the ingredients and the smart cooking, um, but the, the interviews. I mean, uh, here, <laughs> talking to you, the, the Irish people we interviewed were always the most marvelous guests. <laughs> they, mm-hmm. they, they certainly can talk. Yes, we do. Brevity is brevity is not our strong point. <laughs> there you go. The, funny, the funny thing is, the, la- the last last time we were there, we met a very interesting couple, who who were the creators of that Irish dance festival thing. Oh. The I think the I think the was the man of the couple who was actually the guy who invented the, the step dancing thing. Oh, step dance. I don't remember this. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we met the guy who invented step dancing, wasn't it? It was something. He invented something. I can't remember exactly what it was. They, they, always, they always used to be on QED here, here, here in Pittsburgh because it was a very popular kind of thing. But the, yeah, the most, well, the Irish the are always up for a party. Lots of dancing, <laughs> lots of music, lots of fun. Was I mean, I keep looking for um, two things from you, even after all these years and after all the talking we've done together, is why did you choose the hospitality, the culinary um, industry? And um, we'll talk later about your, your wine experience, but that and why did you leave Ireland and come to, how old were you? Uh, it came right after college. I was 23. Uh-huh. Yeah. And why did you yeah. come? I had a, there's a, I won't bore you with it all, but there's a lot of Irish American in my family. Uh, my mom was the youngest of six and her two oldest oh. sisters moved, moved here when they were in their twenties and, uh, went to visit great aunt Bridget in Boston. And back then everybody had a great aunt Bridget in Boston. So, <laughs> So they stayed with her and moved on with their lives. One went in the nursing profession, one went in the banking profession, and they sent for my mom. My mom was already dating my dad, so she came over and said, now I'm going back. But the the two that stayed here, everybody had four kids. So when I was a little kid, you know, um, we would write letters to each other every week, and those were real pale blue paper airmail things and we would wait wait for a mailman wait for the mailman to come so yeah we would just write write, and i just had this tremendous affinity for united states and and um and i just said uh i said to my mom when i I guess when i was four apparently i said this i have no recollection i said mommy i'm i'm going to move to america when I grow up, and she said, not without a college degree, young lady, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I got my college degree, I bid her adieu, she kissed me on the cheek and said, good luck. And that's, uh, that's pretty much how it shook out, yeah. So, uh, but it was just a lot of American to, cousins. Did you come Pardon? straight to Pittsburgh? No. I, um, I had friends um, who worked for the Hallmark group in Kansas City of all places so I oh, we lived there I, yeah I went there and uh I was uh, working for a hotel that was taken over by the Ritz Carlton and you know they had to let go some people and they kept some people so they kept me promoted me and sort of groomed me if you will and it sent me around to open a few hotels but that's definitely where I got a, an enormous amount of influence on particularly okay. the wine end of things so so that's, uh, yeah, so that's how you started. Ireland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Ireland's not known for its wines. 
is it? No, no, I would say wine consumption, perhaps, but not makeup. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but Ireland being in such proximity to, to you know, as, as my mother used to call it, the mainland, um, uh, you know, you're, you're so close to France and Spain and, you know, okay. Germany and Alsace and all that. We, you know, we, again, we didn't do that a lot as little kids growing up, but then we got a little older. When I got older, I was in the States already, but, my, you know, my siblings are quite interested in, in wine as well. Plus, we grew up in the neighborhood. We had a little bar restaurant in our neighborhood, and, um, uh, you know, that's where I, I don't know if I honed my hospitality skills when I was four or five or six years old or whatever, oh. but uh, <laughs> but it was, you know, you come home from school, you hang up your uniform, and, 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 and you get a snack, and you do your homework, and then you went to work. That's just the way it was. You just did that, okay. and then Sundays you're closed, and no, depend, depending on how ubiquitous you were, you also got to know one of Ireland's best-known citizens, who who, who lived oh, right. in a town in a town just just south of Dublin. Oh, I'm Anthony about, O'Reilly. I'm talking about I'm talking about O'Reilly. Bono. You talking about Anthony O'Reilly? I'm talking about Bono, the singer. Oh, Bono. Oh, no. I, uh, <laughs> oh, Bono. No, no. I never got to meet Bono. I been to, to many many concerts but I've, i have not met bono but yeah he's he's uh his music is inspirational a, it's good, he, good stuff. He, had a, he had a big house he had a big house just on the outskirts of this town which started with a d like dundalk or something like that and apparently apparently he, he used to frequent the neighborhood taverns we, we didn't see him do that but i can imagine that he probably would have indeed done that yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. But what did you study in college, Oh, I did. I honestly, I did. I did sociology. I just wanted to go in, and you know, I went to all girls <laughs> Catholic, all girls Catholic school in Northern Ireland, oh, and you know, the, you were you were steered towards the caring professions, and I just didn't think I was built for that. I, I have nothing but ad for, admiration for the caring professions, and I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to teach, at least that young, so I didn't know what to do. You know, I just didn't know what mm -hmm. to do. So I thought, well, let's just, I want to go get a Bachelor of Science in something, and then if I choose to advance it, then I will. But so uh, that's that's what we did. But uh, it was a wonderful uh, four years in, in Belfast. Uh, I got to experience a lot of stuff. But it was it was fun. I wouldn't change a day of it. That's great. And, and how did you end up in Pittsburgh? I had um, uh, two cousins who were born in Northern Ireland. Uh, also followed. I mean, they they were ahead of me. Two 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 guys, and um, the first cousins, and they moved over uh, to the United States. And uh, they were all on soccer scholarships, and then they ended up doing you know getting into their own professions. And so um, I came over and met them several times, and they were based in Pittsburgh. And um, I just always liked Pittsburgh. I, I, I needed to put my, my my boots down somewhere and I like Pittsburgh. It's a big small town, a small big town at the same time and it, you can drive 15 miles in any direction. You're in the country. You know, I like to hike. I like to ride my bike. I like to play golf. I just like to quiet and read. So it sort of just was perfect. It's a great town. It's very, very, um, well, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. It's just a very supportive town. Everybody's been you know, behind you, especially when you're a small independent restaurant, it's, it's, it's all good. I'm happy I'm here. But you started out with hotels, I mean, I, if I remember correctly. 
Yes, you do. I mean, not, I not, not in Kansas City, but I mean, even in Pittsburgh, you were with hotels. Yeah, no, I did start in hotels in Kansas City. The hotel I worked for was taken over by the Ritz-Carlton, and I worked for them for four years. And uh, then after the, well, after that, I moved to Pittsburgh, and like I said, I put my roots down here. I worked for Vista International here. And, right. Um, and the double I remember tree, that. Is, I remember talking to you over the bar. <laughs> yeah. At the Vista. Yeah. 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 Let's just clarify that. I was behind the bar work and you were on the other side. <laughs> I was on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> but you actually were working too. I think you were interviewing all of us. I, yeah, I think so. Doing probably. A story. <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, so you, you went through all that and then you decided to open a restaurant. Now that had a bit yeah. of an incredible decision. Yeah, it, it was. And I don't know if, you know, naive, the first restaurant I opened, I co-owned with my dear friend, Lisa, and uh, we, we just wanted a small place to open, and uh, we thought we could do it, and we know enough about food and beverage, and we found this little spot in Oakmont that I know you're familiar with, and a uh, right. little small wine, wine bar restaurant, and did that. At the time, it just seemed like a logical thing. It didn't seem scary at all. It didn't seem, oh gosh, what if we don't make it? I never had that thought in my mind, you know, so we just, you know, w- w- went and rolled with it. And that's where the whole seasonal American thing, which we'll get into later, all started, really. And, and the neighborhood there were incredibly supportive uh, of, of a, you know, you know, two little guys starting their first business. So, yeah, uh, seems like 100 years ago. And I've 1998. It does, I know. It, yeah. was, it was. I hate to tell you, Granny, it was 100 years ago. <laughs> well, I have to tell you something. I was blonde back then, and I'm not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, me. I was brown. I was a brunette. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but, um, okay, so um, you moved on. Um, you, you worked at a whole bunch of other restaurants. Your strong point has always been, though, I mean, your wine lists are always spectacular. You really know your wine. Um, how did you edge into the wine? Well, um, I'm going to jump back a little bit. Um, when I worked at the Ritz-Carlton, um, it was a hotel that was existing with a fabulous wine list. The Ritz-Carlton took it over. But the people who were purchasing the wine, I mean, it was like top 100. It was an amazing wine list back then. And I was a rookie. I was probably 24 years old or something. What was and this all restaurant, these, by the way? It was in, it was the, uh, it was Rich Carlton, Kansas City. I don't remember so, that. Do you remember it, Robin? It was on the Alameda Plaza. On the Plaza. The Plaza, Plaza called, for sure. Yeah, it was it was called the Alameda. Yeah, it was the Alameda, and then it turned into the Ritz Carlton. But in any event, they had these verticals of all of these tons of beautiful French wines and wines from all over the world, but like really high end wine list. We had two sommeliers in the dining room, and that's I started to work that's there. Amazing! Oh, it's, it was unbelievable. And then when the Ritz Carlton took over, they obviously renovated the whole place, and we did it in two parts. They renovated the top half this is restaurants on the roof and restaurants on the bottom floor so all these european guys came in these wine experts one guy from australia and my boss said to me you should sit in on this because they started tasting questionable vintages of very of of uh, 
of the same thing. So these, these guys would have, like say, they would just blindly buy Chateau Petrus. Every year they'd buy it. <laughs> Every year they'd buy Ducro Bucayou. And it was before all this allocation stuff. So these guys just bought blindly like three cases of this crazy expensive stuff. But obviously there were good vintages and bad vintages. So these guys came in, and this was an amazing wine list, and they said, well, we're going to taste the questionable vintages. And, you know, I'm sitting there like a big old sponge in the corner going, what? <laughs> So, and they had like some of these beautiful burgundies had a low shoulder. Oh, they're opening that one. We're opening this, we're opening that. We've, they probably opened $50,000 worth of wine in <laughs> two or three evenings. And I got to sit and I I got to ask them questions. Like, what does that mean? I didn't quite understand what you mean. I mean, you know, I'm 24 or 5 and these guys are whatever they are, but they're, yeah. they're seasoned. And then these guys start blind tasting each other and start challenging each other to see if they know which wine it is and where it right, came from. Right. I, I was blown away. So um, so that's where that whole, I just like, wow, there's so much flavor in one bottle and there's so much flavor in the kitchen. I mean, it's just, it just became mesmerizing to me. Like, how do you get a handle on this and how do you do this? I want to be a part of this. So that's where that that's whole... That's how that happened. Yeah, it is. And then the wine list it's itself here at my restaurant right now. Um, yeah, talk about, let's talk a little bit about, first of all, uh, your restaurant is called G's, and it's brand new, and it's in yeah. Bloomfield. Uh, it, it, it's right in a space that was like one of the most popular um, Italian restaurants for, for how many years was Alexander's in there? I mean, it was uh, I think he was ago. almost 40, yeah. Yeah, it's been there forever. And um, and and then I guess there was nobody to to take over the the restaurant, and um, so the space was empty. And but it, it's much larger than the restaurants you you usually are operating in, right? Uh, yes, sir. It, well, what's nice about it, it's it's it is large. The, when you come come in at street level, there's you know we we gutted the building and rebuilt everything, so it's all it's brand new inside. So it's a nice bar. 15 seats and 10 little cocktail tables. And then you went to the dining room, it seats 56 people. But what most people don't know, which I wish they did know, there's another uh, lower level dining room uh, that seats up to 70 people, which has a full bar. In the basement? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. downstairs, yeah. So that's where we host our month. Yeah, that's something that you really should promote because there is a shortage of those kinds of spaces in town. Yeah, yeah. So we're yeah. Well, thank you for that. And we're just trying to get the word out that uh, that's where I host my monthly wine tastings, which I've been doing since the year two thousand, since back in my little mighty oak barrel days. And they're just fun. Everybody enjoys them. Three courses, three wines, different theme every month. Make a reservation. One of the group that one of the group that we came in with um, wants to start doing that. Yeah, she after talking to you, she was interested in starting. She and her husband. So yeah, yeah, fun, fun, fun. Uh, what? How did you figure out your concept of um, the food, and then your wines? The wine list has a particular characteristic that I also want you to talk about. Is I mean, it's all very accessible stuff. But yes. What about the, well, the theme, the, the the menu theme of the restaurant? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, good good question. So the menu theme, it sort of grew as a little seed in the Oakmont restaurant and then just, you know, developed, 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 developed. I'm like, we're on to something here. Not that it hasn't been done before and, and won't be done again, but the menu is seasonal American. So what does that mean? Seasonal, we change the entire menu every three months. And it's not a massive menu. We have like 10 appetizers and 12 entrees and four or five salads, but it's big enough so that we can allow ourselves to have fun with the produce and everything that's in season and whatever season you're in. So obviously in the summertime, there's lots of grilling and sauces and vinaigrettes and stuff of that nature. And mm-hmm. in the fall and the winter, you're getting into more of your hearty or fair, your, you know, your tubers and your, and, and, and uh, squashes and things of that nature. So the seasonal thing was fun, but what we also thought, because, you know, because every time I think I have a bright idea and put something on the menu, it's a very humbling profession. I'm like, that's not selling. Why is it not selling? Well, yes. <laughs> so, but it doesn't mean that it's bad. It's just it's not popular to whatever, you know, group yeah. we're appealing to. But um, uh, in keeping with that, we try to, you know, work with some of the local farmers and do farm to fork, as I like to call it, uh, as much as we can to keep everybody in business uh so conceptually, that's sort of where that was born, and then we just we keep rolling with that. It seems to be fun. We're very, very blessed with uh, lots of repeat regular patrons, and many. What of about your chef? Come... He seemed I think I caught a glimpse of him, and he's young. Yes, yes. Well, he's anybody's young if you're me, but um... <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's uh, yeah, he's in his uh, late thirties. Uh, he and I crossed paths a while back, and then position opened and he's definitely on our wavelength. He brings stuff to the table. We talk about stuff we at length sometimes. Uh but he also has a lot of connections in the food industry in our city. So it's a it's a good match. Yeah. Yeah. His name is Mark. He's he's doing a great job. Yeah. We we enjoy working with him very much. So so this the seasoning element he just he he from a creative uh, chef standpoint, he embraced it because uh, lots of people just want, you know, you know. He, so, some other places that he worked, it's just this is the menu and that's what you do, you know. Yeah. Said, no, here we can we can all get in together and have ideas and let's twist this and tweak that, or or we go to the market or the farmers like we've got tons of sorrel. I'm like, all right, we'll do the sorrel soup tonight, you know. It's just there's no limitations. It's just it's it's easy and it's fun, and it's you know waste free as best as we can. Uh, and then, you know, and and when you switch it over to the beverage program, which is half of our business here, we have obviously the wine by the glass list, wine by the bottle, but we have uh, a whole craft cocktail list that we've worked very hard yeah, on. Yeah, you have that nice yeah. bar. The, the bar yeah. has always been a popular neighborhood place. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah, it's good. And it's, it's, it doesn't need to be complicated. I mean, I appreciate and, and enjoy going to those places where they smoke the bourbon and all that and that's good and, and keep doing that don't don't not do that i don't want it to seem negative but we we just i like my bartender to have drinks that have four steps maybe five pushing it but we make our own high shrubs make our own grenadine all fresh squeezed juices at our bar so it's one two three steps and there's your cocktail so uh, so the the cocktail program is 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 pretty large here and and of course we have you know coming from the other side of the pond uh, I was exposed to, uh, last time I visited, my nieces took me, my nieces now being 40 years old, took me to a place <laughs> and there was, 
There was a cocktail list, and then there was a gin list, and then there was a tonic list. I'm like, oh, I'm excited about that. I'm so we have what we call it. a, yeah, we have a gin inventory, as we call it here. We have 25 gins from all over the world, so we're, we're going to start doing gin flights next week, so people can taste and appreciate the difference. Yeah, we so. interviewed th- uh, two or three people from uh, uh, from the UK. I think they were in London, Rabbit, that were talking about different styles of, of gin. And then when they they were very vehemently in favor of one or the other, you know, yeah, there we, people we, have a great deal of loyalty. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. We did a whole. We did a whole program. And I remember one of my. I can't remember the name of it now, but it was it was something or another eight. I said, why why is it called that? And they said, because it took us eight tries to get to where we wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God bless their honesty. That's awesome. Yeah. But, but so. you, you, you had an interesting piece of news that's really quite new for Pittsburgh, and, and that is lunch on the same day as the, the Liberty Avenue Farmer's Market. Yes. Yes, that's right. Yeah, thank you, Peter. Yeah, we we decided, we, well, there's a, lots of reasons why we didn't open for lunch, but mostly it was manpower being part of it. But uh, So on Saturday, you know, our neighbors, uh, a lot of local farmers and people that we're familiar with, they all participate in the market, and there's lots of people around. It's kind of fun. So we thought, well, why not? We'll just do a brunch, easy-going brunch, you know, interesting breakfast wraps, vegetarian wraps, you know, chicken Caesars, you know, just, you know, nice little things, you know, hanger steak wraps, things like that. You can take it to go or you can come sit outside or come into our bar area. We have, you know, Prosecco on tap. We make our own Bloody Mary mix and things like that. So it just seemed like a fun thing to do. It's been very well received. So, yeah, every uh, Saturday morning, 9 o'clock to 1 o'clock. You know, of course, the, the, it's really hard to describe it. One of the most alluring aspects of wherever you are in a restaurant is, is you personally. I mean, I don't know. That, I don't want to embarrass you, but I mean, there's the spirit about you that I've always loved, and and I've found talking to your employees that they feel it too. They love working for you. They do. What, I mean, I I shouldn't say that so complacently, but I'm I'm very blessed with. I have employees who've been with me for many, many, many years, um, 10, 12 years. And I have a, an employee just came up last Saturday morning. One of our servers, Jessica, who's uh, adore, she's wonderful. And uh, she was chatting with some of the patrons and they were like, where do you live? Where do you live? And she said, well, I live 45 minutes away from here. And he's like, well, why do you, can you get a job closer to your house? And he goes, she goes, yeah, I could, but I love her. So that made me that made and she said she shouldn't say it in front of me. I I heard her saying it, you know, I, you know. So I don't know. We've we've always been a very familial group here. We're tight, you know. We support each other. We and to be honest with you, if you don't fit, you weed yourself out. I have, you know, <laughs> I've unloaded very few people in my lifetime. It's like you know, if you don't fit in, you don't fit in. But you have to have a good fundamental food and beverage knowledge, obviously, and you have to have service skills and and. Uh, Take it from there, but um, yeah, I'm really blessed with our with our with our staff. They're they're regulars, and you know, I don't even do the schedule. They all do it. I'm like, don't tell me when you're coming. Just who's coming in, which day, and that's it. I'm not gonna mess with, you know. But so, it's very very um, 
I have to, I respect them all dearly. They work very, very hard for their money. And, uh, and you know, I, I will always have their back. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're a good crew. They're a good crew. And we, we, we're hopeful to add, add a little bit more to it. We're not searching for a little bit more staff. Now that we're getting just a little bit busier. People, people are learning that we're here because no one knows who G is on Liberty is. Because so I certainly wasn't going to call it Grania's on Liberty. I wouldn't know what to do with that. Oh, I think G's on Liberty is a great idea I mean, oh, good. for a name. Good. I was so pleased to hear it. I could even remember it. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of people, because they can't pronounce Grony because it's a Gaelic name. It's one exactly. of those, you know, it's in, and you don't know what to do with it. So I was nicknamed G from a little kid. So, so oh, why not? So you were always just saying that. Um, one yeah. thing for, for people, now you, you, you definitely probably should try to get reservations for the place um, and tell, tell our listeners um, your website and how you go about getting um, reservations yes thank you um, the website is info at G's on Liberty I-N-F-O at G-S-O-N-L-I-B-E-R-T-Y dot com and on there uh, you can just it's pretty easy to manage you can see where you can sign up for our email list or you can make uh, a reservation we get an email very quickly and then we respond to your email very quickly so that's that's pretty much how you make or you can still call the restaurant of course um to make reservations Res- you know it's friday saturday or you know obviously busier than weekdays but depends if we have an event going on like our wine tastings they they pretty much sell out but we again we're Lucky we have the space downstairs, so it's it's in our downstairs dining room, so it doesn't really mess with upstairs flow or uh, how many people we can take up there. We have we always load up the the staffing on those days, so yeah. So yeah, re- reservations definitely recommended, but you're feel free to walk in if you just you know come on a whim. And it's it's yeah. it's very casual. I mean casual. It's it attire. Like don't don't feel you have to dress up or anything like that. It's it's just nobody dresses up anymore. <laughs> When was the last time you yeah. saw anybody dressed up, even in a restaurant, even in top not, not, restaurants around the world? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so. very few, very few. But, yeah, I just want to make it, you know, we're just trying to develop a really great neighborhood eatery that has fine food, fine wine, but without fine prices. You know, accessible, approachable are words I use to describe the restaurant often, Um could we make a bit more profit on it? Yeah, but I want you here twice a week, not twice a year. I want you to come in and enjoy everything. And, you know, we're yeah, scratch kitchen as much as we everything. can. Uh, uh, really good-sized portions. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I think we 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 brought some um, leftovers, I think. I mean, usually. Uh, and I, I want to say that there's um, such a broad range of choice because in our dining group that went um, – the the ch- difference in taste is so extreme. You know, we went everywhere yeah. from a, a, a vegetarian uh, to a, a woman who only eats chicken. <laughs> yeah, well, and we everybody to, had a good thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, we try to hit all the bases. You know, from proteins and then the side dishes are to me often what just makes the plate. You know, anybody can grill a piece of swordfish. Well, what are you going to do with it? You know, it, uh-huh. it's all a neighborhood farm to fork stuff going on and uh and then we try to keep it again seasonally correct as much as we can but uh you know to each his own it's it's fun so we try to you know it's an interesting diverse kind of menu that we hopefully will will appeal to basically all age groups we're not defined by a particular 
you know, it's a, it's we 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 actually do attract diverse, you know, age groups, and you know, we've got support from all of the neighborhoods in the East End. You know, hopefully we'll get the word out a little bit more. But you know, Squirrel Hill, Shady Side, Point Breeze, Lawrenceville, well, that's Bloomfield, where it's at, basically. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. But we're uh, we're very very grateful for that. And then you know, we get a little transient business too from uh we're trying to again tap into that market a little bit more from the local hotels and 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 the hospital community um oh yeah you know, you're right across from a major hospital too right. yeah and well, there's a couple yeah there's a couple in our neighborhood so we're just trying to you know let them know if they need any business meetings we have space downstairs or just you know folks who are going to visit folks in the hospital that there's a nice place down the street just to come have dinner and enjoy well, one one last thing I just want all just to repeat or reemphasize to our listeners that um, um, Grania herself is a delight, but the the restaurant everybody seems to be so happy there. It's a it's a really wonderful place to go. So check it out. Um, check on the website to see what's on the menu and and what what's going on for special events. G's. GSOnLiberty.com. Grania Trainer, again, um, much continued success. Thank you. I certainly appreciate the exposure. It's always lovely to chat with you and Peter. Oh, I to, love you. Know, you. Brings a smile to my I love you too. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Siri. Bye bye. All right. Take care. See you soon. Bye bye. Podcasting services for On the Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net.